Be mellow. 
You're listening to Ink Studs on CITR 101.9 FM. My guest right now is Renee French, whose newest book is uh, H-Day from the fine folks or folk at Picturebox. Um, I really feel like this work is, when comparing it strictly to your other printed works, yeah, it, it's it's a it's a huge leap. It feels like to me. Did you say a leap? Yeah, I I feel like you you turned a lot of corners with this work. In it's, yeah, it's definitely different. That's yeah, sure. like in in comparisons with the the ticking and like micrographica. I mean, micrographica is pretty noodly. Um, Goofy. Yeah, yeah. Um. But there's something about H Day where I feel like it's a different person in some aspects than the ticking. A different person making it? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> my, <laughs> I think I might have gotten something out of my system with ticking that freed me up in the storytelling way, if that makes sense. It's, um, it's like... It, and I think also the reason it feels different probably is because um, I really didn't stick to the the usual comic book um, process of having a, writing a story out by hand and then thumbnailing it and then you know making sure that the the rhythm is right for the storytelling and everything. I didn't do that. I I sort of went at it at a different you know a different way. Well, I remember you and Dan were saying were giving me very thorough instructions not to read it quickly. Yeah, that's really important. <laughs> that's like, um, <laughs> that's like, uh, yeah. I think it's really important that when you because it, it's one of those books that has no words. So when you open it up, it would be really easy to just kind of go flip you know, book right through it. Yeah, really, really easy to just oh no words, no words, no words. Just go really fast and then say what just happened because. The so the left hand side should I explain the way it, it's laid out? Yeah. Okay. So the left hand side, the left hand pages are line drawings, and they are kind of flip booky. Um, like if you sit and flip the book uh, from front to back, you you will get sort of an animation on the left on the left hand side of the book. And then on the right-hand side, the right-hand pages, there are all these um, tonal drawings that are my soft pencil drawings, and they don't fit into that category at all of being sort of, you know, flipbooky mm -hmm. or anything. And so their pace seems way slower if you were to go through and compare the one to the other. But the thing that happens if you speed through it is you miss the connections between the left-hand and the right-hand pages individually as you go along you know it's kind of it's, it's kind of hard to explain but it's what you do though <laughs> explain pictures and with words but anyway um yeah well it's interesting because i felt like the with with how minimal the one drawing was not minimal but how it's very much focused on lines where you'd have a little bit of the bleed through from the other page yeah, yeah. which i felt like served a purpose as well with that it drawing. does kind of like frame it strangely. The, yeah. You mean yeah on the left hand side? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's also there's a lot of smudginess in the 
in the line drawings. Um, it's not really very, it's not kind of ink line drawings, it's more smudgy pencil line drawings. So, um, I don't know, to me it just felt, it has a, I was really addicted to this kind of line, I still am. I'm still kind of really getting into making these, these smudgy lines. You know, I, I don't know when it started, but um, I think after ticking, after I did those et etchings and the ticking, I kind of tried to reproduce that with pencil, the way the etchings looked. Those were the, the, the copper plates that That's you right. done. Yeah. Because, you know, I did, I did, I think it's, I don't know how many there are on the ticking, but probably 10 maybe. Yeah. And uh, that was enough that was hard enough work-wise, you know, it took a lot of time to make the metal plates and to pull the prints and everything. In this case, I wanted to have that look, but not have to do all, <laughs> <laughs> to do all that work. <laughs> Just and make a pencil drawing and make it look like an etching E-ish kind of thing. There's but. also something to be said about not having to deal with chemicals. Yeah, a lot, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is a big deal, you know, having, yeah, putting your hands in that stuff and all that, yeah. Breathing it in. Breathing it in, touching it, touching your face, getting getting a hole in your head, and then you look like one of your characters in the <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> from each day. From 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 each day. Now, I, I'm curious. I guess first with the with the line drawings, um, how small are the originals? The line drawings are. The originals are bigger. The line drawing ones, the, or the originals are bigger by about, um, oh, they're probably like um, maybe another quarter oh, okay. bigger. Yeah. And then the, the ones on the right, the tonal ones are actually almost double the size of the originals, I think, or maybe, you know, at least three, you know, at least 30% um, bigger or something. So the, the, they're, they're small. The tonal ones are, are smaller and the line drawings are bigger, <laughs> are bigger. Yeah, that's right. Do you, are you kind of using different parts of your brain for the different types of drawings? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, the, the, you know, the, the soft ones are kind of, uh, I would go into this, oh, it would be really comforting and sitting there and making these soft drawings and like, you know, hours of, and hours of making little lines is really relaxing to me. But, um, the line drawings, that's, that was more um, of a almost like building a model. Like I felt like it was more building something for some reason. God, you know that's that's like yeah, I, and it is. It's almost more sculptural in a way, which seems the opposite. It seems like the tonal ones would feel more sculptural, but the the the, the line drawings, in order to get volume, I felt like I had to kind of put put in and pull out a lot. I used an eraser, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I never do that. <laughs> it's like against the rules. <laughs> um, well, I mean, there's something to be said about getting that exact line. Like, I remember reading something about Alex Toth where it was like he was very oh, like, yeah. focused on having, you know, that, that perfect line that goes from point A to point B. And you it's have really to get tricky to, to, to make it look not cold. Because mm -hmm. if, if you have a line that you make and it's like perfect it can also look lifeless and cold. So there's this weird, you know, I don't have that, I can't make a perfect line. I don't feel like that. So it never feels uh, made by a machine or anything. But um, yeah, there's this kind of in-between state of when is the uh, line alive and when is it just lying there? 
too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you you do this on vellum, right? A lot of them. That's yeah, it is vellum. Yeah, which is again kind of um, tricky. I'm yeah, tricky, and I'm not sure. I actually do like even when I make photography, I kind of set everything up to be the most difficult problem. So you know, if I'm going to make a photograph, and um, I we do a lot of photography in this house. If I make a photograph, I'm going to set everything up so that it's going to be. You know, there's going to be like 17 degree winds, um, and then uh, I'm going to be like an inch away from the thing I'm photographing with a giant camera, and the the lens is so close to the object that I can't actually see what f-stop. So I have to actually use a mirror to reach around and look. That's the kind of thing. Anything I can do to make it more <laughs> difficult. It's not like I've made this decision. I mean, it's not a. It's not on purpose. It just always ends up that way. So yeah, like I. Well, let's use the most ridiculous paper. You know. Oh, this is great. Difficult to use paper. That's what I'll use. So. Well, I really love how you get the layered effects with like the traps you've been drawing. Yeah. And yeah. how that works for like piecing it together. Yeah, and... that that stuff is really cool. I mean, for that purpose, that's how I started using it for that purpose to make layers where you're actually like looking through space right like this is in front of this is in front of this that so you know i draw on the front and the back and then there's a layer behind it where i draw on the front and the back and that makes four layers of distance of the line from the front to the back which is like like also robin Mm -hmm. if you saw the drawings of the traps there you'd see that there's really odd objects because you can turn it over and look at it through the other way and see the lower levels as being the front. And yeah, you can totally of... to play with it dimensionally as far as what yeah. takes importance and pop that out. That's. I just thought it was two layers, but four layers that makes really It's only crazy. two layers of paper. Yeah, but... But, it, but yeah, but it's on the front and the back and front and back so it actually makes, there is actually like distance from the front, you know four layers of distance or that's probably not the right term for it, but yeah. Well, I mean, it's still quite significant from the top layer to the underside bottom layer. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that's that's really neat. I had In no the idea. nano world, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to the meticulous and uh, particular. <laughs> yeah. Now I I'd read that the book uh, a lot of the fo- the the influence on the book was migraines. Um, is that something you've been dealing with for a long time, or is it something that's kind of come up recently? Oh, yeah, no. Like, since I was 12, I think, yeah. 12, 13. I'm not sure when they started, but, yeah. For, I mean, as long as I can... I mean, I just always... I don't remember when I didn't have them, so it's kind of a... I'm kind of an expert now in mine, in mine, my own. Yeah. You know. my, my girlfriend gets them a lot, too, and they it's quite astonishing how debilitating they are. Well, you'll learn about it then. Oh, I've already learned about it. Yeah, because it's, it's something that's like, once until you run into it, it's not, you just kind of think, oh, they're headaches, oh, yeah, yeah but it's not like that, really. It's more than that. Yeah, and I really got that feeling, especially with the, the character in the bed with the eyes smothered. Yeah, that guy is, um, so he 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 does represent the the more physical, it's the physical kind of what it, to me, what it feels like, you know, lying down with that 
with the headache. You know, you're and the way his head is ends up sort of being part of the bed and being strapped to the bed and like you know pieces coming out of his face. And then the, this also the that the slug-like thing that comes out and covers him and then goes into the stomach. That that's all kind of part of the the process of the migraine too. You know, because mm-hmm. you end up with stomach also na- nausea and you know everything so um that that's more physical on the left hand side that's the line drawings that's more physical the right hand side is internal you know what is what i like to visualize to try to deal with the headache just a kind of soothing darkness yeah and i'm i make a world so that i can when i get one i actually can think of that place again you know mm-hmm. like it's a place to go to think it's very also uh there's not a lot of detail because when you really when you have a migraine you don't want to think about little details of things and so just a long just you know no windows no doors nothing and maybe the dog <laughs> 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 the dog and the boat you know and the elements are all really simple because that's you know, I mean, it's like horrific toward the beginning with mass, um, um, mass death and everything. But um, it, that it's like uh, it's soothing after that. You know, that's the beginning when you're first when you're first going through the the intense pain in the beginning and not relaxing mm-hmm. into it. How does it affect you creatively? Like, creatively speaking, does it? kind of a block or do you kind of draw lots of inspiration from the recovery it's well it takes days away doesn't yeah. do that um big chunks of time or kind of you know time sort of stops when you have that because everybody else is going on there with their lives and you know you're you stop for a day yeah. or two you know <laughs> there's nothing you can't really do anything but um that so it takes away time but at the same time i really think that a lot of my imagery has come from what I've seen in dreams and in just that sort of halfway, half-asleep thing that happens yeah. when you have the pain, where you can't really, there's no distraction from, you know, outside world, except um, maybe, you know, jackhammers, uh, leaf blowers, things like that, but then with the pain, you're sort of in this other world, so a lot of the imagery has come from that, I think. It, so I can't draw it then when that's happening, but afterwards. It's interesting how it kind of forces you to slow down, too. Totally, yeah. Like, you know, you can't take on too much at certain points or else. No. I mean, you do have to actually <laughs> stop. Yeah. yeah. Depending on how bad it is, but the ones that are really, you know, the ones that are really bad. So people then, two days later, someone says, you were supposed to call me or where have you been? And I've just been in a head funk, you know, because <laughs> I've not, not really been around, not really, but, yeah. You had to disappear for a little bit. Disappear, yeah. Disappear. Now, I was looking through your photos on your blog, and um, it's interesting seeing kind of how you're exploring all the ideas that are going into H-Day. Um, one thing is, did you make a Lego model? Yeah, I did. Yeah, quite a few, actually. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but not only that, like, I was really doing a thing where it was, um, yeah, so I built this, I built a couple Lego 
I ordered a mass amount of white tiles, just white, just and made like these giant buildings that were, you know, these Legos that were the Lego buildings that are kind of like two feet tall, and so I could try to reproduce the H day land where there were buildings with no windows and stuff. So mm -hmm. I did that. I built like two towers, and then, um, and then we also did things like uh, Debbie Huey. Uh, who does um, Bumper Boy, she made me a felted, wool felted uh, dog from H-Day, and I put him in that Lego area. So we had the dog in reality, in three-dimensional reality, and then the Lego thing. And then I made a ship out of Legos, too. I have a ship that I shot, you know, kind of coming over the horizon, like like the drawing. But it was after the drawing, so it wasn't like, because I, I wasn't on the ball enough to think, well, I could use this as a model, you yeah. know, like I could build it and use it as a model. I, I, I didn't think of it. It was kind of after I made the drawing, and then I would made the drawing of the ship, and then I made a Lego version of it just for my own kicks, you know. Yeah. So not quite the uh, not the Gerhard world of meticulous. No, I think that's really cool, and it was. It's although I kind of also feel like if. If I were doing that, I'd try too hard to be accurate, and I'd it wouldn't have that same feeling. It wouldn't fit in with the rest of the drawings. So I was well, trying I mean, to draw a model. There's also something to be said about knowing the surrealness of the world that yes, you're trapped right. in, and you're not expecting each corner to match up. Right. Like it. It. I. I feel like there's kind of a, a flowingness. There is. It's not. That's another thing that was kind of like. Um, because of when, because I was trying to represent that world of being in your head like that, that um, you don't really, you know, if you were to draw a line on the, on the horizon or draw a line where the tops of the buildings are, there's no way from one second to the other in your in your head that those things would line up. You're just you're just sort of generally in a place where there are these buildings. So I was making sure that the the buildings didn't always have the same dimension. Sometimes there are four, sometimes there are two, and there's a sense that there are many more, but not quite. And yeah, like sometimes they're one in front of the other, and sometimes they're even. It's very, um, yeah, it goes in and out like a dream, kind of, um, which also to me is more confusing. Like, where is the dog exactly? You know, yeah. he's not anywhere, really. He's just there. I know um, you watch a lot of movies, and I'm wondering... Yeah. Uh, what did you think? What was your take on Inception? Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking <laughs> of Inception just then. Um, I um, I well, I thought it was. I thought I think it's worth seeing. I do think it's worth seeing, and I I love the bit with the um, the kid in the hallway with the trays all, you know, in the hallway, the whole hallway scene where he's sort of at the same time trying to... Oh, the flipping around his, and... Yeah, that. The pushing his way through, kind of like, you know, like he's swimming, but it's actually through air because it's falling. That bit is, I think, brilliant filmmaking. Like, that's just really mm. brilliant. But it really bothered me that there was there were some serious logic problems and I went to see it with two physicists and so <laughs> I was not like <laughs> I couldn't just be like oh forget it you know suspension of disbelief so there um there were and I noticed them because of who you're with you know when you go to the movies with someone 
Yeah. If you go to the movie, you know, like if you go to movies with a circus performer, if there's circus stuff and it's wrong, you know, you're aware of it even before they say it because yeah. you know who you're with. So that's <laughs> kind of so Inception. The end was, I don't know. Well, my main problem with it, you see, you got me started on it, but my main problem with it was, was the entire, the motivation. Why did they go through all of that for some guy to? stop that business transaction from happening. Really, like, they're willing to risk their lives, you know, and they're in that winter scene, they've got all those guns and stuff, and it's like, when they think back, why the f- Why are we here? It's what okay to doing? swear every day. It's for that dude. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. Why the fuck are we here? Um, be- is because of this, this, this wiener that decided that he want you know, the the business thing. He didn't want the business to be passed down or whatever. That was stupid, I thought. Yeah. So it was great. I, I I visually enjoyed it. I uh, thematically got bored. There you go. Yeah. It's way better. Yeah. It, it, Thanks. It... That was more succinct. <laughs> well, I could have gone on for a rant closer. <laughs> a couple of months ago, I could have gone on for a more succinct. Yeah, that's the thing. It was uh like when we came out of the movie. I remember it was just like two hours of nonstop. You know, that was stupid. It wasn't as bad as Avatar. Avatar came out and that was we were just everyone was just horrified. Unobtainium. Is anyone? Is everyone stoned in the world? Everyone with the Avatar. Come on. I. See, I I don't even see 3D. Yeah, we don't either. We see the 2D versions of stuff. Well, like I, my vision can't process uh, 3D. Stereo vision. Yeah. Um. Not that I can tell that from looking at you, Robin. (laughs) Stop looking at me. (laughs) Um. Yeah. No, Avatar. I just. Yeah. I don't even need to talk about Cameron. Let's talk about art. Hello, mother. Hello, father. Here I am at Camp Granada. Camp is very entertaining and they say we'll have some fun if it stops raining I went hiking with Joe Spivey he developed poison ivy you remember Leonard Skinner he got ptomaine poisoning last night after dinner all the counselors hate the waiters and the lake has Alligators And the head coach Wants no sissies So he reads to us from something Called Ulysses Now I don't want This should scare you But my bunkmate Has malaria You remember Jeffrey Hardy They're about to Organize a searching party Take me Motherfather, take me home. I hate Granada. Don't leave me out in the forest where I might get eaten by a bear. Take me home. I promise I will not make noise or mess the house with other boys. Oh, please don't make me stay. I've been here one. Home day. 
Dearest father, darling mother, how's my precious little brother? Let me come home if you miss me. I would even let Aunt Bertha hug and kiss me. Wait a minute, it stopped hailing. Guys are swimming, guys are sailing, playing baseball. Gee, that's better. Mata Fata, kindly disregard this letter. <laughs> Um, what happened to your series of nipple drawings? They're still going. My series of nipple drawings are still going. I've used, I think I used, um, I used four in a in a piece one time for um, oh, Fantagraphics. A bet noir? No, it was one of those. Blood um, orange. Blood orange? Yeah, no, I don't. I don't remember which one it was. It was one of the anthologies, and it was in a piece about a guy in prison and it was all objects that he that he had and it was it came in the mail it was four pictures of nipples that was I did that but I'm still making them and I'm still collecting them together so I mean one day I would like to actually put out a book of nipples but <laughs> why did, why I don't you... know who would want it or anything but no. I think you'd be surprised <laughs> maybe if they were like famous people's nipples or something but I don't you know Nipples of the world. Gonna freeze frame a bunch of movies. Just Clooney's nipple. Well, let's just kind of let people know more about the nipples. They're they're men's nipples, correct? <laughs> no, not all of them. No. Oh, okay. No, I have some girl nipples in there. Uh, um, the a, 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 I think I don't know how many years ago it was. Now I started asking friends to send me p pictures of their nipples. I have actually. You know, and I said, "Look, I'm not going to tell anybody whose nipples these are. I promise, it's not going to be public whose nipples they are. So don't be afraid. And um, I'll burn the pictures after I after I draw them. And so I did. Um, and here, I'll name all the. No, I won't. I, so I have a bunch of nipple pictures, and I made a bunch of nipple drawings. Most of them are men, but that's because I they're more interesting in a way because there because of the hair situation mm -hmm. you know there's that's so it's so different in everyone so you know there's the massive like you know, really hairy nipple the ones that have just like two hairs by them so men's are pretty men, men's are more varied because of that variable but women's are also very different too so i have i have quite a few women's nipples so it's a project more. that will be continuing over time definitely yeah I like it. Fun. I, I I was just curious because like I went through your blog and I only saw a couple I guess on there. Yeah, I'm a little I'm I'm a little um, on the blog. I find that I edit myself um, um, in terms of uh, <clears throat> like I don't want I'm 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 too careful. I think I won't put anything that I think is offensive up there. So. Um, and I, I'm not sure if that's the right thing to do or not, but it's because, you know, my mom goes there, you know, people, like my aunt goes there. And I and so some of the nipple drawings, especially the female nipple drawings, are really um, feel more sexual because these are close-up drawings of a nipple. It's not like there's nothing going on, you know, yeah. but 
the and the the male nipples are actually less of course you know are kind of less sexual that way but the but so the female nipples are, I have one I think maybe up there if that of girls nipples see you thought I had only <laughs> I wasn't paying close enough attention or how much may- time how many times can we say nipple I'm fine with nipple <laughs> <laughs> nipple <laughs> So that's the kind. That's kind of the thing. I have I, every once in a while I put something up on the blog, and I think, oh God, that's going to be really, that's going to be really offensive or hurt somebody or or it's something, and then people respond to it in a positive way and don't yeah. even see that. So I, you know, I shouldn't do that, but I do. I'm a little nervous about it, it's... more so than the books, because when you do, you know, the book is kind of you know what you're getting when you when you get it. Well, it's such a different way of interacting with the work through the blog. Yeah. Like, I felt it was more of an uncontrolled, um, just kind of, you just put it out there. Yeah. Where with the book, it's very calculated, very controlled of, you know, page layout. I'm presuming some involvement as far as paper type. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that was really fun. We yeah, Dan and I were like, were really sort of, <laughs> we knew what we wanted, and then it was just, um, I mean, in the end, we got exactly what we wanted, so it was great, but it was, it was, and he might say, oh, it was nothing, you know, this is sort of normal, but we, but, but we did go through a lot of proofs and over time, and, you know, and no matter where I was, somewhere in a hotel room, and, you know, as when we were traveling around and calling and having FedExes come to the hotel, and it was like this kind of crazy, how's this one look, you know, and back and forth. It was and it was interesting though. I mean, mm-hmm. we we had this very warm paper. Not that this is interesting to anyone, but we had this really warm paper we picked for the book, and um, it was the perfect color. It's kind of a really buff, uh, buff kind of thing, and then the ink which is black, actually sort of looks almost sepia because of the warmth of the paper, which was awesome. We thought that was great. But then because of the texture of the paper, it was a it was just sucking the ink right in and, and, and kind of filling up and bleeding more than it mm. should. And it was, you know, it was a really fine line bef- between being looking like the art and looking nothing like the art. It was It was like a tiny little change. That made the difference, and fine. And then we got a we got a proof that just looked perfect, and so we went with it. I'm really happy with the way it turned out, but it mm. took a lot to get there. It's a paper. stunning little thing. I was uh, very impressed with it. Thanks, Robin. <laughs> um, it, it is fascinating though, just how paper really has affected uh, the work that people create, as far as like the way things look in books, and it's really changed in the last five years. Yeah, I think it's huge. I mean, like, think about the, I don't know, how old are you? You're like 10, right? 32. Okay. Because in the, you know, the early 90s or the sort of mid-90s, well, the early 90s, it was, you just had this very white paper or the newsprint, yep. pretty much. So it was one or the other kind of thing. You know, if it was in a fancier book, it was white. It was really, really white. And... uh and there was really not a lot in between uh, before people started making more kind of arty stuff. But um, now it's now. You, yeah, there's there's a lot of 
the the paper can be part of the art, which is really cool. Well, I was always wondering what like uh, the book you did for Oni, your collection, uh, Marbles in My Underpants. Yes. I like. I wonder how it would serve differently with modern production on it, because I mean, yeah, it I think that too. Because of... it's actually, I mean, it was great that you know Oni put it out, which was kind of a big deal. It was it was because Jamie Rich pushed for it and he he but it was really going they were going out on a limb putting that out because there was yeah. a lot of stuff in there that was that's really um uh, awkward yeah and and yeah um and so it was on a kind of if i mean i don't remember it, it's like a, it was a kind of almost um is not like a newsprinty kind of paper it's kind of thin right yeah I don't know, but it wasn't it wasn't really nice, nice paper, but it was a lot of pages also, and it was square-bound, soft cover, so it was kind of, I think it was limited what they could do with that, but I, I mean, I love the way that book came out, but um, yeah, I would like to do it again, I think. Yeah. Although you know that if we did it again, the question would be, what, what would... do we take out? <laughs> <laughs> Probably end up being top shelf for somebody, and I, I don't know if you know. Brett would probably say, "Yeah, sure, leave leave the really pervy stuff in there," and Chris might say, "Well, maybe we should take that out." Yeah, but you know, Allie also... is at the table and everything. <sighs> um, <laughs> I, I I I don't know if you have necessarily that many concerns of stuff being pulled out for the publishers of Lost Girls. That's true. It's Lost Girls, but. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and that was really Chris's thing, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 There's photos right. of him at Alan Moore's you're right. wedding. You're right. So, just saying, you know. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm just veering away from Owley. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it, if you're seated next to Owley... Yeah. It's tricky. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, tell me about the uh, the work you're doing with the the snake. That's uh, kind of a world in a snake or a city oh, in a snake. Oh yeah, that's almost sound. That's yeah. the name of it. Almost sound. That's um yeah that got that got put on hold a little bit because of the because of H day because it was because you know there was so much work involved in the actual getting the book out that um but that's um that's about that's about a, a, a sort of village that has a legend. It's like the Loch Ness Monster. There, there's a town where they tell their children that there's this giant sea snake that lives in, in the water, mm -hmm. and that if they're weak little children and they cry all the time and they go in the water, the, that the snake will eat them up and swallow them and they will live in the city inside the snake forever, sort of working inside in the city inside the snake and if you're strong though this the snake won't eat you uh or the snake will eat you and swallow you and you'll die but one way or the other um you know you'd rather actually i guess than be a weak child and be eaten but anyway the point is don't cry if you're a little kid don't cry be strong because the snake will eat you otherwise and you'll have to work in his city inside of him for the rest of your life um, and don't go in the water, basically, after dark. 
so that's the legend, sort of. Um, but uh, it's about a little, two little kids um, and one little boy who is obsessed with the snake and goes in and hurts himself, but tells the little, the other little kids that he's been, he saw the city. He comes out of the water and says he saw the city, which is a lie. And so another little girl hears him and then decides she's just going to put on her best dress, walk into the water, and get taken because she does. She'd rather that than be with her family. So it's kind of, it's kind of. That's the kind of story it is about. But it's not necessarily. Yeah. It, it's not necessarily a children's story. No, it isn't a children's story. I know it looks like one, but it's it's not at all. <laughs> No. <laughs> I'd say no for no. sure. No. Is that something you've veered away from completely now? No, no. Um because there's because it ends up being about an adult man, the man who the boy uh he grows up with this incredible guilt of having killed this little girl, you know, through lying. So it's more about this guy who's sort of alone and living in this this house on stilts and he's He's uh, he's he wants to find out about the snake. So it's 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 um no, it doesn't stop now. It's just that I I put it on hold for now because oh. of no, I mean H day. Um, children's books in particular. Oh, is are children's books done for yeah. me? You mean oh, um, I'm doing uh uh I'm I'm doing a tune book for. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So that's a kids book, but it's not a picture book. It's um like a comics. Yeah, kids book for Francoise, and um, uh, yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty cool. That's gonna yeah, be cool. That, that there's something different when you say you've got a tune book coming out. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's gonna be really fun because yeah. it's it's kind of a really goofy story, and the writing can be funny, and you know, it's uh, it's really neat what they're doing there as far as like really getting some top-notch creative folks doing. It's pretty exciting too because of the way. That I think the books actually work, you know, as yeah. tools to teach kids to read. So that's yeah. that's pretty cool. Is Francoise pretty involved in your process of that book? She's she's been pretty involved so far. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Yes. I like hands-on kind of thing. So I mean, I'm very early in the process. We talked about it a long time ago, but uh, now, uh, you know the. I'm mean, I'm early in the process, but but we're we're going, and I've been talking to her a lot. So yeah, is that kind of different for you from having having that kind of editorial involvement? I don't usually like it. I mean, it's really you know, of course, I I think some people do, I guess, but um, the picture book thing, I I I really ended up resenting the editorial um, input a lot, um, and in this case. Uh, I'm going in the same way I did with picture books initially, which is to just say, well, th letting it happen. Uh, you have to make a real, you have to say to yourself, I'm going to let them boss me around a bit because, you know, or not, because it's really frustrating if you go in and you're not. So I did two picture books, two picture books um, for Simon and & Schuster, and the first one when I did it, I went in with this, tell me whatever, you know, you can tell me what to do, boss me around, because this is new to me, so I'll take your input, whatever you have. And I was happier, you know, I did that, and I was kind of happy because I didn't feel frustrated. 
and I knew they were going to tell me what to do. The second book I did for them, though, I didn't have that same attitude, and I'd come off of doing an, a comic, and I was, you know, and then they were, I, I got too much direction, and I was resenting it the entire time. So in this case, with the tune books, I'm kind of going in the same way I did with the first one, like, you know, boss me around. Yeah. Tell me what to do. I'm, I'm okay. Do you, like, as it it's a kid's book, do you still go with the the pen name, or is this going to be a Renee French thing because it's for We haven't books? talked about that, and it's a good question. I, but I would think that we're going to go with Renee French because because they're using comics people. So I yeah. kind of, you know, I, I, don't, I, I, I wouldn't think that we would use the other name just because of that. So I don't know. Well, I mean, you know, there's there there are folks they've had who have had work that wasn't kids' books, as well. So, yeah, and I would think that the people who buy those books, they know. I, I mean, not all of them, but a lot of them know where the people come from. That they they're from comics. When you look at picture books, and eh, the 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 parents buying picture books straight off, straight out like regular old picture books, a lot of them don't have any idea where the artists are from, and you know, they would be shocked if they saw, you know, what else this artist has done. And I think it would, would, you know, they'd be upset. Also, I don't think there's a problem with, the reason we did the pen name was because I didn't want people accidentally buying the ticket. My other books, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. People who bought the kids' books, I wouldn't want them buying my adult books for their kids, <laughs> you know, by accident. So I think, and I don't know if maybe now people are a little more. I don't know. They're online a little more. They check, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I think also a p- difference in price sticker. Yeah. Little yeah. pop spot. You know, the the price on a on a fancy picture box book will be different than the price on a book for children. Yeah, that's true. So parents are cheap. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, yeah. You were obsessed for a while with gooey ducks. How's that going? <laughs> that going? I'm curious. Like you... I love them. Yeah. Oh my god. They're, well, they're one of the most amazing things. I mean, they're so disgustingly cool. It's like a huge penis in a shell. You know, I mean, like and giant though. Like, yeah. And then. Like a good foot and a half long. Yeah, foot and a half. Yeah, huge. It's enormous. So. It's like you and McGregor, basically. <laughs> oh, Robin, how could you say that? Um, so yeah, I know. Owly. I think they're awesome looking. I think they're really cool looking. They're, but I've never touched an, a live one. You know, I've never actually touched a live. Would really like to. Do they have them one. in Australia at all? Probably not. Um, I haven't warm. seen them there. I've only seen them in California, and I think they come from Puget Sound, okay. um, buried under the dirt, under the water. Well, they have really to like cool. suck them out, right? Yeah, like they got to put these huge funnels yeah. into yeah. the sand. And they're and, like, so old. I mean, they grow to be. I mean, they you know they they live for a really long time. I mean, I might be wrong on this, but I thought I read somewhere that they live to be a hundred years old or something. I have no idea. All and then I'm... people eat them. Hundred-year-old <laughs> <laughs> meat. <Yeah. laughs> that's, that's a lot of wrinkles. They're that, really that wrinkly. Doesn't really too. appeal to me. Like no, no, as a food? As as a, as a food? No. No, I'm more of a, a lamb type person. Yeah, lamb. <laughs> Lamb's good. <laughs> but what about as a pet? pet? As a pet? Yeah. 
I don't think they do much, though. So if no. you had it in a tank, they wouldn't be happy because they live under mud. Yeah. So it's not like you could see them. Oh, hello, gooey duck, and pet them or anything like that. They'd snap at you, probably. <laughs> snap? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Did I tell you when I was a kid um, on Vancouver Island, there was a lot of, uh, there's a huge gooey duck. Um did mention that. Yeah. And they were so the did you, you didn't get to see them close up? I, I saw them in the trucks driving yeah, okay. by. They're big. They're big. They're big and gross. <laughs> I don't... What What do people do with them? Like... They, well, you, you mean how do they eat them? Yeah. I think they cut them... What's their shelf name? Um... I, d I don't know much about this, okay? Because my friend James actually ate some and he sent a picture... It looks like they actually cut them up um, the way squid is cut up, you know, kind of sliced. If I'm wrong, though, everybody's, what? But <laughs> cut them up, sliced so they're these circular th pieces, I think, you mm -hmm. know, down the siphon, just like that. Yeah. I think that's how they, and then they, oh, I don't know if they eat them raw or not. That would be really awesome if they eat them raw. <laughs> just hack it up and throw it on the plate. And I think, there is it go. the same thing as giant giant clam? Is that the same? I don't know. I think it's a different climate. Different thing? Yeah. Than where giant clams are? Giant but I, clam. I, I don't know. I don't know. This whole conversation is very inappropriate. Yeah, quit it. Um... <laughs> Gooey duck. <laughs> uh, now, we were talking a little bit about your blog and how uh, active it is. I was saying it's almost every day you'll have an update. Yeah. yeah. Which you were saying, I, I don't know if this is before we start recording about how you've been slacking off. Yeah. Um, Thanks. I, 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 <laughs> which I don't understand because it has to be one of the more active as far as continuously providing art output. It's always something new there. Yeah, well, you know, I really did I think the problem happened when when I I started it like two year two two years ago I guess around two years ago, um, and said I'm going to do it every day. There's going to be an image up there every single day. Period. No excuses. And we'd travel, and I'd remotely put something up with my phone. You know, like I'd get every every single day. I wouldn't skip one. And I know Rob was getting really annoyed because it would be like you know ten clock at night and I'd say oh shit I didn't put anything on my blog and I have to go do it but um I pretty much stuck to that like for about a year and a half like you know just ridiculously um, military about the whole mm -hmm. thing um and I and still I mean I do I will even backfill if we go away and I can't get a connection and put something up I will come back and backfill so you've got every day in there but this l recently like we had a two weeks in LA about for the book and for other things and and then in New York for a week with art show and book and slug girl and everything and then so during that whole time I kind of got some in but not quite all so I feel really awful about it like I just have this guilt, <laughs> Catholic guilt about, oh, I didn't put them up, you know, I don't, I've, I've, so I think I'm probably five days behind or something at this point, close to that. They're, They're five hilarious. Minutes. I, I, it, like I said, it's one of the most 
you know, not many folks are as active as you are with updating. There's they're more healthy probably because they don't really maybe they don't think that they're breaking some some well, there law was, in their head. There was in Vanc the a couple of years ago when I first started the show more than a couple of years ago, there are these folks doing this daily grind thing where they're competing to see who could go daily every day doing a new I comic remember that, show. yeah. Yeah, and I mean, for some folks it was great as far as like really trying different things, and other people it just like destroyed them. <laughs> yeah. You know, and like. It's destructive. It is destructive. And at the same time, if you work a lot anyway, because what ends up happening is I don't really have much of a life outside of drawing really I mean that's exaggerated but you know I I draw every day so it's not you know and a lot so it it's mostly not a hardship for me because as long as I take the time to put the thing up that I was working on t mm -hmm. that day um, it's there I don't have to produce something to put up there it's when we're traveling and if I'm doing something really active I don't have time you know I'm so I'll draw something on a tablecloth and put that up and people seem to like those tablecloth drawings, though, um, which always surprises me. Well, there's something spontaneous about it, right? Yeah, definitely, yeah. And that sometimes has food on it. Why not? Mixed media. Mixed media. <laughs> Snot. <laughs> <laughs> Blood. There we go. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's like the 1980s all over again. Nineteen <laughs> 1980s. Um... Slug Girl, that's your your new toy. Um, yeah. You're very excited about it? I'm still excited about it, yeah. Um, Meltdown, Gaston from Meltdown, he, uh, he hooked me up with Monster 5, who is this guy in Japan who's a sculptor, and Monster 5 sculpted a based on drawings I sent him, like, you know, from, like, three-quarter, you know, front, back, whatever, so he could see the three-dimensional, what she would look like, this character, the slug girl character, and um, Monster 5 sculpted it, and then um, uh, Meltdown made three different versions. There's a white cold cast resin and a hand-painted cold cast resin that I hand-painted uh, some of them, and then a metal one, which is intense, crazy. It's like three pounds, it's like four inches high, and three pounds. It's ridiculous. It like, could kill. Yeah, it's crazy heavy and cool, and it's it's like um, it's uh, I don't I don't even know I don't know what the metal is, but you know you pick it up, you think it's lead, but it's not lead. It's something else. It's like white metal mixed with some other kind of metal, and you know. It's really awesome, though. It looks really cool. Or as the toy people would say, it's rad. <laughs> <laughs> is, is, is that a new environment you're getting used to as the toy yeah. folks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I went to Designer Con, which was, um, which was this really crazy, um, which was this really rad show in L.A., and it was... Um, it was nuts. I mean, it was like it was like taking a section of San Diego, right? San Diego Comic Con, and like pick, slicing it out like a little like a square and putting it somewhere else. And it's all the toy, urban vinyl, all, all the like you know resin, toy stuff, and putting it in this place in Pasadena. It was like, it was just really 
awesome. It was really cool. I mean, I we walked in. I wasn't expecting anything like what it was. It was insane, like just and beautiful toys. And you know, there's all this this kind of they use different terminology than than the comics nerds do. You know, it's like two different <laughs> nerd worlds that kind of overlap a tiny bit, but not quite. Yeah, no, it's like uh... Buana Spoons is there. And so I saw him, and I know him from comics, and he's there. He had this really great, you know, this setup with all of his stuff, and and his toys are really cool. And it's just, I don't know, it, it's pretty, it's pretty different, but exciting. Yeah, it is. It is a very different world, but it's, uh, yeah, I I can't quite grasp on it. It seems too much for me. Well, also because the comics people are about telling stories right yeah. so like they're about telling stories so we we make we put pictures together and tell stories the toy people have a three-dimensional character that doesn't even really necessarily have to have a backstory it can have like a little card with it that has a little you know just a suggested maybe what this thing is from but they're not it's not important to them where the yeah. thing came necessarily. There's some some toy people who really love that. You know, where does it come from? But I not, know. yeah. Dave Cooper's toys are very important. Yeah, Dave Cooper's toys that those fit perfectly in that world, but they have all this yeah. backstory. You know, yeah. there's you can buy books about them because he wrote, you know, their characters yeah. and the stories. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and Ron English, he's one of my yes. favorites. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so much stuff to spend money on. Why? Why, Renee? Oh, because. What else right. are you going to do with it? <sighs> Buy <Eat>. more comics. <laughs> Rent? <laughs> yeah. I guess I should pay Buy that. more comics. Buy more comics. Uh, well, thank you very much for taking the time to yak with me today, Renee. Oh, thanks, Robin. That's thanks for been... having me on. And every highway has a uh...